Blog Talk Radio. Cuomo and Fauci are the most popular Italians since The Sopranos. Cuomo and Fauci are more popular than the Mario Brothers. All right? I'm Brett Singer. This is my show. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. It is a rainy morning where I am. I don't know about where you are. This is Brett from the Bunker. I'm Brett Singer. It is Thursday, June 11th. The year is 2020, and we are joined today by Heidi Granberry. Heidi, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming on. So I ask everyone this, and this question got a little more fraught with everything that's going on in the world, but uh, how are you holding up? This this has been great. Um, I'm, I've been thriving, actually. Um, finally have some time to rest. Um, I've already faced my demons, so I understand that's been difficult for a lot of people, but for me, it's, yeah, this has been a nice vacation. Ooh, what does that mean? You've already faced your demons, but other people haven't. I'm I'm very intrigued. Well, I keep seeing people saying that, like, they're crying every day and they're going crazy. Um, but, like, I've already been going through like just like a lifetime which is like an existential crisis just a constant existential crisis and i've faced all of that for the most part so like this is this is nothing this is great wow okay i like it i like it i I will say that i've been having similar thoughts like there someone mentioned you know coming back out of it we're reopening and you know maybe the comedy clubs are going to open and etc and i'm like i don't know if i'm ready to do that just yet like i I'm, i'm sort of do you know what i mean like i'm a little bit I don't want. I I feel weird saying I'm enjoying it, but there there have absolutely been some very good aspects of all this quarantining. Yeah, I've been treating it kind of like um, like a middle schooler on summer vacation. I've been riding my bike. I've been doing like summer reading. I've been doing like social distance hangs, um, like sleeping until ten. Um, just kind of like rising whenever like I'm rested. Like, you're sleeping until I'm done sleeping. It's great. Right. No, that's a, that is the most amazing um, kind of sleeping. That is, the, that is the best sleeping. Sleeping until you're done sleeping is, is the best sleeping. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, I'm just energized all throughout the day. I don't drink coffee or anything. And then, like, I get sleepy and I go to sleep. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, um, I'm in no rush for things to go back to normal. I think, like, New York is it's funny how a pandemic and like global civil unrest and protests have made New York finally bearable. Like it's a lot better here in my opinion. Really? How, how, uh, how do you mean? Um, I mean like my stress is at an all time low. Um, people are like, in general, actually New Yorkers are like very kind I find, but like, even being even more kind and considerate. Um, uh, my landlord really isn't stressing me about rent. Wow. Um, yeah, I pay about like 62% of my rent each month. And it's uh, it's a one bedroom in Williamsburg. So I'm very, very lucky. Wow. That's that is really amazing. I mean, uh, that, you say sixty percent. That's just that's since quarantine. You mean? 
Wow. You got the good landlord. You definitely won the landlord lottery. That was uh, that's pretty good stuff. That, that is certainly not what everyone else is experiencing, at least from what I've heard. Um, how, do, how do people in New York compare? You're from Chicago, right? Well, yeah, I moved here from Chicago. Yeah, that's right. But okay. I would never claim to be from Chicago. I don't know oh, how, okay. if you've met any like true Chicagoans, but uh, you can't say you're from Chicago unless you're born and raised. Oh, all right. So, I mean, how do people? How do yeah. the people compare? Well, uh, they're certainly less racist than New York. Um, and yeah, no, Chicago is incredibly, um, segregated and, um, racist. And I mean, it's in the Midwest. It is like this little oasis, but still there's a lot of racism. Um, and also, uh, people in Chicago and in the Midwest, you've heard of this Midwestern nice thing. Have you heard of that? Sure. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Midwesterners have this reputation for being really nice, but they're just extremely passive aggressive. And I don't really have to deal with that in New York. People tend to be more straightforward here, and I really appreciate that. That is that is definitely very true. We are we are very straightforward here. We we don't want your passive aggressive nonsense. We're not interested. You're from New York? Like I'm you're fr- from uh, the city? Yeah, yeah, I'm from here originally. Oh, cool. Yeah, the, we're we're, oh, we're direct. Yeah, um, we like we like direct. I like direct. I, I'm sort of always, I that that whole Midwestern nice thing or you know Southern, you know charm or Southern hospitality or whatever. I mean, I'm always I'm always I'm, I find, I'm suspicious of it. Like, like you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of terrible things that went on in the South. Does that mean you're, just because you're polite that therefore it's okay? Like I don't I don't buy that. I'd rather know where I stand. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're really like fucking rude, and it's like. Um, if you don't give it immediately back, they will strongly hold it against you. Oh, if you don't if you don't give the Midwestern nice back, you mean? Yes, if you don't give that, yeah, if you don't give that back. Um, yeah, my mom is. I I talk about my mom a lot in my stand up because my mom definitely suffers from Midwestern. I I love her, but she's extremely passive aggressive um she's she's a lot she's a handful okay now you talk now talking about your stand-up i mean you told you said that you talk a lot about um about race in your stand-up yeah 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 see uh because my mom is white and my dad is black um so it's just been this constant thing in my life where my parents are divorced. So I would go to my dad's house on the weekends and I would have to basically switch. Like I have this completely different personality when I'm with my dad's family. It was like, um, because like there are different things that'll get me in trouble on my dad's side of the family that are perfectly fine on my mom's side and vice versa. Um, so I would just, I just sort of uh, developed, these sort of like two different uh, understandings and personalities when dealing with like my two different families. Hmm. Um, And yeah, so I have like this different understanding of uh, white and black people coming from, because like I'm a person that has white and black people that love me unconditionally. um, And I'm like within their home. So I have this 
deeper sort of like richer understanding. So like I can see where a lot of misunderstandings come in race because there are certain things that are considered like very disrespectful in the black community and to like white people, they're likely normal, normal or okay. And the same with like the white community, there are things that white people consider to be very disrespectful, which black people don't even like think about or consider. So um, both groups think when that other person is doing that disrespectful thing, they think that that group is doing it intentionally to uh, piss them off. When in fact, the case is that like in that, like, subculture of America, like in that culture, like the, they don't even like think about, they don't like look at it the same way. Can you give um, an example? So, oh yeah, sure. Like white people touching people's stuff. Um, <laughs> white people love to touch people's things um, and handle strangers things. And they don't think it's a big deal. They think it's just like an object in the way. Um, for instance, like if you were to, um, I don't know, like go to a bar and you see there's like a purse or something that's like a little bit in your way. Like a white person would have no problem just scooching that purse over out of their way. Um, and like the black person sees that it's like incredibly offensive. Like don't touch my shit. And if I see you doing that, it's because you're trying to piss me off. Um, but like white people just don't see it that way. They just see it as there's something in my way and I'm moving it out of the way. Um, and I'm hmm. on the side of that's definitely like my black side comes up then. Like I am definitely <laughs> against people touching my shit. Um, oh, what else? Um, yeah, like that's a big one. Just like touching in general, like white people definitely feel entitled to touch things and people and children. Um, black people do not like when you touch their kids' faces. Do not touch a black person's, like, do not touch their child's face. It's, like, it's, an, it's egregious to not do it. Hmm. But Interesting. But white people are just trying to demonstrate that they're being friendly or whatever. But, yeah. I don't like, um, I, see, I, I agree with that. I don't want to, I don't want, I mean, I've got kids. I, don't, I never wanted people touching my kids' faces or, or touching my kids. Like, it's one thing if it's, your, if it's not your yeah. grandparent. Like, I just don't. Or, you know, a relative or something. Um, like, cause mm-hmm. with strangers touching my kids, I always had a huge problem with that. Well, even, like, family members, too. Like, if, like, a black person has a baby and, like, they invite family over to, like, see the baby and, like, you pick up the baby, do not kiss that. Even if you're a family member, do not kiss the baby on the face. Do not touch the baby's face. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um. Yeah, um, and then, like, let's, let's see, white people think, like, blasting your music is, like, disrespectful or annoying, and they maybe they think black people are doing it to be annoying, and that's not the case. Black people are thinking, like, yo, like, I got this new hot fire, and, like, I am blessing you with it. You're welcome. Like, you get to listen to it, too, and we can all party together. It's not meant to be annoying. So like if See, you that, hear like black people, that one I got that one I got to disagree with. That I, I I just it's like it's a it's a public bus, like we're on the bus and you you have your music, I have my music. Like you know I, I like to I like to watch TV when I'm on the bus. I, I watch Netflix or something, 
and I want to hear it. Sure. I don't want. I don't want to hear sure. someone else's music. I've never <laughs> have, and you know, it's it's funny because that's not a new thing. That goes all the way back to the '80s yeah. with boombox. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You're white. You don't like it. I don't. <laughs> I I'm not going to yell at somebody for it. Like I, but you know, if we're, oh, if we're I discussing... know you guys don't yell. You just give passive aggressive glares. <laughs> Uh, I'm probably giving some passive-aggressive glares. I, I'm going to cop to that. I'm okay with that. I, I can live with that. Um, but it's interesting because the baby thing I totally agree with. Like, I totally get yeah. that. that. That makes perfect sense to me. And, I, and I'm not sure why. Like, I don't think there's – I can't point to a particular reason. But, I mean, certainly with COVID, it's particularly – it's uh, it's a whole other thing. But, um, you know, I mean, I guess, sure. you know, sometimes sometimes we agree on there, – there's certain things we agree on. But but it is true. I have certainly noticed because um, I noticed it with my kids is that is that this definitely people love touching a baby. Boy, do they love you know poke, yeah. poking at a baby when it's it's really like it's not your baby. <laughs> you know why are you touching my mm-hmm. baby? It's not yours. <laughs> um, one thing I wish white people would like stop being so polite about is like other people's food. Like white people will sit and eat food that they're not enjoying with a straight face and just lie and just say that it's delicious. Black people don't have a tolerance for that. If it's gross, they will tell you. Um, and that's why black food is so good. Because <laughs> you, you have checks and balances. I like that. You have people act, telling is, is, you, like, yeah. Is this stuff you talk about on stage? Um, This is stuff I talk about, like, in conversation, like, with okay. my white mom <laughs> and with my black dad. Um, and like Thanksgiving, you know, my parents are divorced. So like, uh, I would have to choose where I went for Thanksgiving, which was tough because the food, it's like the, the dinner food, definitely I'm going black side, 100% much better experience. However, white food isn't good, but I will give white people this desserts got that shit on lock. Like white people know how to bake, white people know how to bake better, like, White people have desserts, like, on lock, and I don't know what it is about the baking or the sugar, but, like, I don't know, places that have, like, really, really good food tend to have, like, not very good desserts, and I'm going to get backlash from that. (laughs) Okay. But black people have sweet potato pie. I don't think it's very good. I prefer pumpkin pie. Mm. I prefer my mom's pumpkin pie. I think it's great. And, like, all the cookies and the cakes. So I would try to, like... I don't know, like, ask if I could just spend dinner at my dad's house and, like, come back at my mom's at night when it's time for dessert. It never <laughs> worked out. Right. I was going to say, that's probably a harder, that's probably a hard sell. Yeah. Do you feel Not like driving. you have to school, you have to school your mom or school your dad about the ways of black or white people? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, because, yeah, they don't have this sort of, like, although they, you know, married each other, they know each other, like, they haven't been, like, raised, you know, like, by a black family and a white family. So, um, but I will say this. My mom actually did grow up um, in a black community. Her family in Chicago, they were, um, they were, like, after the Equal Housing Act was passed, mm-hmm. um, they were the only family, the only white family in this neighborhood that didn't suffer from white flight. They were the only family that didn't leave. 
Um, like my grandpa was just like, yeah, they, everybody seems fine. We all go to the same church. And so my mom was raised in a predominantly black uh, community outside of Chicago. And she has like all black friends. Um, but then later on moved out to Wisconsin. So she's just another white lady now. Okay. Just another white lady now. J J A W L. That doesn't really hold up. That doesn't really doesn't really flow. I'm trying to think if we got an acronym out of it. <laughs> Jol. Doesn't doesn't quite work. Doesn't quite work. Now you mentioned something when I was asking you to tell me a little about yourself. You said the non-existent biracial identity. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, there isn't really a biracial identity, or there's no biracial community. Um, Usually, like, biracial people exist within, like, like, they and their siblings might be the only biracial people that they know. So you'll pick up a bit from, like, the white side, pick up a bit from the black side, but, like, there's no you don't really see it um, reflected in television um, or film or books, really, not really. Um, So you just kind of have to carve out this own thing for yourself or just try your best to exist within both and have like a really good understanding of like both of the cultures that you're part of. Hmm. Um, And it's good because, you know, it makes you a more empathic person and like a more thoughtful person, but it uh, it can be a bit isolating. I mean, I definitely connect with white people on some things and like black people on a lot of things, but like um, only only rarely do I like I come across somebody where like they understand everything. And they're like, yeah, me too, me too. Like that has happened like a handful of times in my life. Mm where I just don't have to explain a lot of things. Sounds and a little lonely. You know, it's, it's a little isolating. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, it sounds, it sounds like it. Yes. Um, and I am a bit of a loner. I do prefer to be alone. That's probably why this, like, quarantine has been great for me. Right, so you're, just, you were used to spending time by yourself. Yeah, Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, like, um, like in television, like the closest thing that I had to was like, there were a lot of, and this is an issue. Um, so there, there are like issues with, uh, colorism in the black community and across like all different cultures of the world. Like it, India has a huge problem with, uh, colorism, Latin, uh, Latin America has a Latin America. Is that the right? Is that the right? What What are you What uh, are you looking phrase? to? Latin America. Um, yeah, like Latin, yeah, like Latin countries have issues oh, okay. with colorism. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, like Southeast Asian um, countries have issues with colorism. So how that is like seen in the Black community, particularly like in the 80s and 90s when you have a role for a black woman, um, a lot of times they would cast a biracial woman. Um, for instance, I mean, like if you look at like any black family TV show, for some reason you have like, you have two black parents, you'll have like a black son and then 
all the daughters will be biracial. Best example is, like, the Cosby show, with this exception to Rudy Huxtable. But, like, Denise Huxtable was biracial. Like, Lisa Bonet is biracial. And the older sister, I believe, is also biracial. Same thing with, like, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I believe Hillary is biracial. And then Tatiana Ali uh, is multiracial. Um, Sister, sister. So I would see biracial people on television. Um, I would see Tia and Tamara. I would see Halle Berry. But um, they're telling the stories of black women. So it's like I I can see myself but I don't hear myself and that's like problematic for both biracial women and for black women so like you have these roles that should be going to black women but instead they're going to biracial women because there is this sort of preference for lighter skin and looser texture hair and that's like a major issue in the black community and something that I've been like trying to uh um investigate and like correct within myself so like most of the media that I consume that has to do with like beauty um I only consume um like images of dark-skinned black women with like very coarse hair and like phenotypically black features just to undo all the shit that I have to see all day with like the Eurocentric beauty standards and like the loose hair and like the blonde hair and the just, just to counterbalance all of that. Sorry, I went off on the whole thing. No, that's there. okay. That's okay. That was really interesting. I mean, it's. I mean, it's it, the biracial thing. Like, I feel like I knew that in terms of TV casting. I feel like I knew that, but it, mm-hmm. but I hadn't thought about it in a while. Um, I certainly, I certainly knew about sort of lighter skin. I guess maybe I didn't realize that those people were biracial. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. It's like white people know that biracial people exist, but like they act like they don't. It's weird. Um, well, how would I know I'm, if I don't know? Like, like, if, like, I mean, for example, I mean, the the easy example is President Obama. Like, I, there's no reason why I would look at him and think, oh, he's half white, unless unless there is. Um. Well, I mean, I suppose, I mean, okay, so maybe Obama isn't, like, the greatest example for what I'm about to say because Obama is a descendant of, like, an African immigrant. He's not a descendant of uh, black American slaves. But oh, okay. black black uh, people uh, descending from slaves in the United States tend to have, like, they're, they tend to have some um, – white genetics with them within them because of you know rape um so there is like mm, like black people tend to be a little bit like lighter than like i don't know like west africans um but there are i tough (laughs) like how do i say this i don't know okay I guess it's interesting that white people seem to not know what a biracial person looks like when black people know exactly what a black, what a biracial person. Well, looks that's like. well, there, well, there you go. I mean, like that's what's becoming clear to me right now. And this is just this is a conversation I've never had. So, um, like, I don't know that I I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't assume that someone that someone was biracial unless I mean I will probably think about it more now. 
simply because we've had this conversation. But well, it's probably just like the one drop rule, like sort of like doing its work because okay. like white people sort of like in their minds, they reject the idea of anyone being white if they are a little bit of anything else. However, um, in other cultures, they immediately recognize when somebody, if their, their race is a bit like diluted with whiteness, um, because there is like an incentive um, to be like closer to white because like you will like receive less harsh treatment um, if you are closer to white. Um, That's why like in like the early like 1900s, if like a person was biracial and they were almost like white passing just to have an easier life. And I'm not saying that this is right at all, but a lot of black people did this. If they like passed as white, then they would just pass and like just pretend to be white uh, just because your life isn't going to be as hard. Um, So I, I think that like black people maybe just have like a more, like a, like a more sensitivity to it. Like a more, like a well-trained eye to like seeing that like a, a black person knows when somebody looks half black, but a white person has no idea what it looks like when somebody is half white, I guess. Interesting. Because, that is, that, that was... Yeah. No, I, do you know, do you know the band fallout boy and, and Pete Wentz? Are you familiar with Pete Wentz? Uh, yes. Okay. So now I just found out because of Twitter that he, that he's half black. I would never have guessed that. To me, he looks very, very mm-hmm. white. Um, mm-hmm. Now, he, to the best of my knowledge, does not, you know, he, he doesn't go around saying that, saying that he's black, you know, and he doesn't, doesn't look black. He looks actually extremely Caucasian, at least from my eye. But, you know, I, but technically he's biracial. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what that means. It doesn't really change the way I think of him in any way, but... It's just not something that I would have thought of. And I feel like it's a little bit of a case-by-case basis. Like there are some um, – like Lisa Bonet, I can see it. You know, like so if, if you were to ask me, I would be like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, but uh, Governor de Blas- – not Governor, um, Mayor de Blasio's children, um, to me, mm-hmm. look – I, if I didn't know, I would, I, would, I would not think that they had a white father. But, but clearly, there, it sounds like there are things that do stand out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, no, that's interesting because, like, I see it. Right. No, no, but, that's well, clear. Also, as I a think biracial that's really person, it's very clear to me. Well, I think it's it, it, it's clear, but you're not saying you're you're saying that it's clear to you, but also that it's clear to black people in general. Is that yes. am, am I being yes. fair and accurate? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yes. Um, is yeah. this? Is this something that we should be better at? Like, should I be trying harder to uh, to be able to visually identify biracial people? <laughs> that's a weird homework assignment. I don't it know it, it I is, right? I mean, that's, that. that's the thing. Like, I, <laughs> but I kind of feel like like you're saying that you know, here's a thing that you notice, and I just I'm trying to think of it as some way I would know, and I just don't know. Now, now it's not helped by the fact that I'm literally colorblind. Like, I don't see black and white. Um, like I do, I do see colors, but things like shades, are, I'm not real good at. But it, but it sounds like that isn't the only thing. That there are other features that stand out. Yeah, totally. 
Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, as white things like I don't know, smaller or no lips. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I should tell you to like. Oh no, I'm not asking. I'm like, not asking for a list. Google. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not asking for a list. I just this is it's it's interesting to me, and I'm wondering if it would change my perspective at all. And I don't and I don't know. I don't know to what to what extent. I think the when you talk about TV casting, that's something. Look, I am I'm a TV guy. I'm a guy who watches a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. I grew up watching a lot of TV, and so I, I think that's really interesting that. Um, a lot of the daughters, as you say, are cast with bira- biracial actresses. That's fascinating. Um, I I always thought they were, excuse me. I thought it was just light skinned, um, but mm. I, but obviously it goes a little deeper than that. Like they're not just looking for light skin; they're looking for. I mean, is it fair to say they're looking for white features? I mean, is that really what's going on? Oh no! Here's uh. Yeah, like I said, like colorism is a problem in the black community that needs to be, I mean, it's something that definitely is being addressed a lot more, but it's, um, yeah, it's this, this, it's insidious sort of like, um, internalized racism that, um, there are people in the black community that just suffer from it and it, it sucks. Um, so like a great TV example where it's like, I don't know how they got, didn't get more backlash from this, but, um, one of the Wayans brothers had a show called my wife and kids. Yes. Um, I, I and really son like and show. two daughters, the original like eldest daughter was, um, a black girl, like a really cute black girl. And then like the next season they recasted her with a biracial girl like completely different hair texture, lighter skin. And like, they never explained it. They just wanted, uh, I'm assuming what they thought to be like, what looked to be like a more desirable looking daughter. I I, I have no idea. Like that would just be my assumption. Yeah. It's fucked up. That's really, but, but I mean, to not, to sort of, I mean, I don't know. Like, what is that? What is that thought process even like? I mean, what's that meeting? Like? You know, I'm I'm a, I'm very big on like sort of what went on in that you know conference room, and it's like, ugh, that's gross. I mean, the, the fact that someone would even have that conversation. I mean, I guess I guess there could be another reason why they recast it. I'll, if I want to be fair, but it, from what you're saying, it sounds like probably not. Yeah, probably not. I mean, I haven't looked at like you know the behind the scenes. Uh, I don't know, conversations that they had, but, like, I personally thought that that was fucked up that they did that. Um, I also think it's, like, gross and weird when people, you know, fetishize black or biracial babies. Um, when you see a an interracial couple together and the first thing people say is, like, your kids are going to be so beautiful, your babies are going to be beautiful. It's weird. It's really weird. Okay. I don't know. This is this is a lot to think about. Um, this is this is definitely a lot to think about. And I, now I'm really curious about the my wife and kids thing. I, I feel like there's probably an answer out there on the internet about uh, why that happened. You know. Yeah. Not to go down that I whole mean, rabbit hole, but I, I'm going to sort of put a pin in that and think and, and see if I can figure that out. 
Yeah, but even if, like, I don't know, if, even if there was, like, an issue with the actress, like, she was difficult to work with or, like, she decided to go a different direction with her career, why not cast another black actress? Why cast a biracial actress? And I well, like because... that actress, by the way, um, that, that, that they replaced her with, but, like, why, why did they go with her? No, because well, well, it's clearly a thing. I mean, from everything you're saying, this is sort of what happens. This is the way it works. Um, so, I mean, I guess the lesson here is, you know, if somebody's – is it fair to say if somebody's really light-skinned, they, there's a chance that they're biracial? Um, sure, yeah. Or, you know, somewhere along the lines, I mean, there, there definitely is, like, white in their genes. Sure. Okay. So I, I did go. To, I, I did do a Google, a quick Google search, and it says the personalities of the char- of the characters were different on the on uh, my wife and kids. Like it wasn't only the look. I mean, just, it's, it's interesting, interesting though that you can you can do that with like you can insert uh, a half white person, half white half black person into like a black role, but you wouldn't be able like if you had I don't know step by step. <laughs> I'm gonna show. And like one of those Great white example. kids was giving you a Great problem. Great example. Oh my God. One of those white kids was giving you a problem. You wouldn't recast them with a biracial. As biracial. No. I mean, they're exactly as much white. It's interesting that I could play a black person or a biracial person, but I couldn't play. I should be able to have the same flexibility to be uh, a white character. Well, there. Sh- see, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and say that there should be. Because now I I don't know I mean it'd be interesting like you know step by step um, I guess step by step is a perfect example I'm not going to up with a better example than that but um, <laughs> I like but you you should be you should absolutely be be considered for those roles like there's no re- there's no reason why not like you said you're half white why not what's the big deal yeah but and, like you you put in a biracial person like never explain it you never. <laughs> it whatsoever which would be hilarious i mean i would think it was great and funny but like you can see the absurdity of it which is something that i do talk about in my comedy because i did one of those you know dna ancestry tests yeah and um to sort of like speak on the absurdity of like biracial people taking the roles of like black people um like I should be able to take the roles of like white people since I took this DNA test. And even though I look black, it turns out I'm 57% white. Wow. Um, and so like when I, when I talk on, uh, when I speak on stage, I like to, cause it's, it's absurd. The idea of me speaking from the perspective of a white woman when I so obviously don't look white, but uh, since the the math is on my side, I like to uh, talk about air out my grievances as a white woman, uh, <laughs> since I technically can. Are you saying um, you have every right to speak to the manager? Is that what you're trying to say? Yes, I have every right to speak to the manager. Um, call the cops on black kids for selling water. Um, nice. I am. Yeah, I am outraged uh, of this myth that people say that we as white women age poorly. Uh, that is bullshit. <laughs> we are just not in our natural habitat here, okay? It's just harsh on my lily white skin. The sun is harsh. 
Stop saying white women don't age well. A myth. <laughs> I love it's it. Expensive. That's good stuff. I like it. I like it. Um, so just to, uh, to put a, go a little bit more into TV, like I actually think that we should have more. It's, race blind casting is not entirely accurate because that isn't really what I mean. Um, I just mean that you look around at the TV landscape and it's awfully white. Like it's just it's it's a it's just there's a lot of it, I feel like there's more room there's, there's there's room for more people of color just in general and I feel like people would watch the shows like I don't think those shows are going to be ignored I mean would you agree with that Yes I would um, and I would also go further to say not it's it, it's not just about um, seeing more black faces it's also about black people being in the writers room. Uh, mm. because, like, I can always tell when, like, there are no black, like, oh, my God, The Handmaid's Tale. I'm watching this show. Oh, yeah, that's right. Tell me, like, tell, yeah, tell me this. Tell me this. I, I feel like I saw this on your Facebook. So what, what is this? Oh, uh, okay, okay. I got, I got, I got a few things. I got a few things with fucking Handmaid's Tale. Okay. Cool. Uh, let me, let me talk about, like, how I knew there were no, the moment I knew there were no black writers in the room. Okay. There's a black woman. And she is approaching June because June was having a affair with her husband, right? So the black woman goes up to June to confront her, and the black woman calls her. She's like, well, you're a whore. And I started busting out laughing. Like, no black woman has ever in the history of, of, of blackness called a white woman or any woman a whore that is a white word second of all like she would have called that white bitch a white bitch that's what she would have called her like this is not how black people speak yes black people are not a monolith but black people don't say whore they do not say whore and then next thing i did was i went on google and i checked the writer's room sure enough it's like i think it's like seven white people and like one asian woman Hmm. that's problem one with with that and then like i like how so again with like showing black faces i feel like the handmaid's tale is like performing like they have three of the main characters are black supposedly right the best friend is black the husband is black and her child is black well her child is biracial right but here's the thing the husband is in canada off screen for 90% of the show and she ends up falling in love with a white man. The best Mm. friend is also in Canada for 90% of the show. And her real best friend is a fucking Gilmore girl. What's her name? Uh, uh, What's her name? What's the actress from the Gilmore girls? Yeah. 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 Is literally one of the Gilmore girls. And then the daughter also has been taken away from her. The other like brown face. And the real kid they want you to pay attention to is the white baby in her stomach. So it's like they did the okie doke. They're like, oh, look, but we put all these black people in, in these very important roles. Like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You, you put them there and then immediately took them off the screen wow. and replaced them with white people. Interesting. And by the way, uh, uh, Margaret Atwood Essentially, this is what I got from Margaret Atwood. The story of The Handmaid's Tale is basically stolen from black people. Margaret Atwood was like, okay, what if 
we treated white women like black people. She looked at how black people were being treated in the United States. And it's like, let me apply that to white women. And they go further in the book to where like, there aren't even supposed to be any black people in Gilead. Like they're super racist in Gilead. And then right. like, I think they like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it would have just, if they just would have stuck to the book and they didn't try to like this, like integration, I would have been like, I right, cool. Whatever. Is is that something Margaret Atwood said about like that that was the that was her premise? Um, fact check me on that. Um, that is the idea that I got from it, and I believe like I read uh, a couple of articles about that, but okay. I would definitely fact check me on that. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, I mean, I love the book. I thought the book was amazing, but I but I I freely admit that I am not going to come to it from the perspective. For obvious reasons, from the perspective of a black person, so I'm not. There's things I'm just not going to see, and and uh, I yeah. So that's I, the other I, thing. I enjoyed you know, like the having... first season of Handmaid's Tale, of Handmaid's Tale, but I don't know. I'm sorry. What were you saying? Yeah, same. Yeah. So like, what I was saying about having black writers. So like, there have to be black writers because like, you know, these people just don't sound black don't sound like black people. First of all, a black person would never do a lot of these things. A black person would never say a lot of these things. So like, got to address that. Also, even if there are a lot of, um, have to be like careful with uh, uh, who, who is this show for? I can always tell when there is a show that appears to be black, but it's just to explain shit to white people. That's like the whole idea of the show. Like, Oh, like what? Like what show? Um, well, dear white people is literally saying like, okay, this is for you guys to understand, um, black people better, um, shows like, I don't know, like blackish, which for the most part, I think is like, it's a good show, but like, they're definitely, it's definitely a show for, to explain shit to white people. Okay. Um, do you know um, who, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Juno Diaz. Juno Diaz. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so like his books um, are like written in like Spanglish, and there's like a lot of slang, and like there's never like a footnote like explaining it. It's just like, yeah, no, I'm just going to speak from my perspective and I'm not going to imagine a white person reading this trying very hard to figure it out and it just feels like way more authentic and like he's just letting his ideas spill out of him um and that's how I feel about um insecure Issa Rae um there's like certain slang there's like certain things that they're doing that if you're black you get it and they're not really taken into consideration like the white audience. And it feels way more authentic, which is why, I mean, I believe there are four seasons of the show. Black people think it's great. I think it's great. It's a great right. show. It feels black. It feels like there are black writers. It feels like they are making the show. That's what it means to make a show for black people. Like you're not, because like, white people aren't trying to explain, like Wes Anderson isn't trying to explain shit to me in his <laughs> movies. He's just doing his thing. That's right. That is, good. that is a very good point. Heidi, I don't want to stop, but we're going to get it cut off. Um, this has been absolutely terrific. I, could you, would you come back sometime? Yeah, definitely. Okay, great. Um, all right, tell everyone where they can find you on the social medias. 
uh, at Heidi Grandberry, Grand like Grand Canyon, Berry like Strawberry, uh, for my Instagram. Uh, I don't do Twitter. I have um, a Facebook fan page, Heidi Grandberry. Let's find me there. Um, and I will be releasing um, a podcast soon. It's called Check the Tape. That's basically video, like, recordings of my phone conversations between me and my ex, which he's aware of. He knows he's being recorded. I'm very <laughs> clear about that. All right. Well, that's good. Um, all right, Heidi, uh, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, we will be back uh, next week. We're going to take the next couple of days off. And everyone, please, please, please stay safe. Yeah, uh, thanks so, uh, so much for having me. Thank you.